Hello, everyone. This is Janice Alpert. Welcome to On Purpose, a podcast where we talk to people about how they have found their purpose, how they're living it, hopefully on purpose. Um, today, we have Shauna Scaife. I hope I said that right. Um, and uh, I've actually just met her myself like two minutes ago. So I know a little bit about her, but I'm going to let her tell her story um, from her own words. Hi, Shauna. Hello. Uh, welcome. So happy that you're doing this. I appreciate it so much. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Nice, nice to meet you. So I usually like just to start off by asking my guests, like, tell me a little bit about your growing up and where you're from and a little bit about your family. So sure, sure. So I grew up in a small town, Canada. I live in Canada oh. now. Yeah, I, I'm in. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. I love Canada. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet you do. We're in Canada. I'm in British Columbia. Uh-huh. So on the West Coast. And I grew up in a small town on in British Columbia. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm three of four kids. So grew up in this small town, you know, number three, kind of feeling that middle child role. And then the other older two move out. And now I'm the older child. So I get it. I'm not going on. <laughs> I'm not out of four, but I'm a middle child out of three. So totally understand that. But go right, ahead. Right. Yeah. And um, so I think the big part about when it comes to purpose, finding yes. purpose was that kind of idea that I kind of lived uh, without a lot of purpose for most of my life. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm going to be 40 soon. So definitely many decades of my life were just kind of cruising on autopilot. Hey, just going through the motions. I was going to say that's <laughs> most of I don't know about my listeners, because if they were tuning in, they probably want to figure out their purpose. But I, I hear you. I also skated along till I was yeah. probably in my 30s you know, close to 40. Yeah. Get it. Yeah. Go yeah. Ahead. Right. So went to college, got the safe job, um, got Which the was? nice husband. I oh. was a health inspector. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it wasn't like, in your, so like when you were growing up, it wasn't like your family was having these meaningful spiritual discussions of who are you and what do you want to be? That kind of, I'm, I'm not. No, yeah. really, really. No, my dad really emphasized safety, get a safe job. And he worked in healthcare. Okay. And so that was really touted as kind of just, just get yourself safe, be financially stable. I think that was an insecurity that they just translated down to us. Mm-hmm. And I saw my mom I reflect on it now. I didn't see it then, but my mom did a lot of stuff. She followed a lot of her passions. She wrote a book. She volunteered for lots of things. She was very, yeah, she was doing, she eventually burnt out. I understand. But for that generation, that's, you know, unusual. Yeah. I look back and I'm like, yeah, you go mom. But I didn't, I'm curious what kind of book did she write? She actually wrote a book about our hometown, about our community. So she had gathered stories from everyone and compiled them. And it was, I it, love that. Yeah, it's really, really beautiful. But at that time I was just a kid and thinking right. like, oh yeah, that's what mom does. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went and, you know, got the safe job, became a health inspector. I did not love it, but also didn't even know what it really was until I was in it as kind of often jobs are right. Off, I was often the case. Did you move? out or did you, were you still living with your folks or? No, I moved out when I went to college. So, um, I, I had took a year off actually at first, this is interesting because I was going to be a psychologist, had my heart set on it. I want to go into psychology, started with my bachelor. And I think I lasted a few weeks and I dropped out Oh, really? not for any noble reason other than it was hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it can be. Yes. And 
and history and having to do all of those, you know, generic courses. And I thought, I just want to dig into something. So I took a year off, went and upgraded some of my courses. And I actually started out with environmental planning, which I loved. I was really drawn into the aspect of things you can't see, things that could be harming you in your environment, which Mm -hmm. then led to becoming a health inspector, which is all about disease transmission and protecting public health. Oh, right now, yeah. right now, that's uh, quite, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever, timely. Yes. Very relevant right now. Yes, yeah. Relevant, better word. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so as I went through that career and just going through the motions, and you know, not really feeling passionate about mm-hmm. much. And then I had kids, I had kids back to back. Um, I had three kids in three and a half years. And oh, wow which really meant daycare is too expensive. So I'm probably just going to stay home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the decision that I had made at that time. So here I am, I'm at home with three small kids and given up that identity as a health mm-hmm. inspector, which was a career I worked on and, you know, really put my heart into, even though it wasn't what I really wanted. I right. still, you know, that's what you do when you have a career, you mm-hmm. make the most of it. That's what I saw modeled to me. I remember being, fresh into the job and a 35 year old that I was working with. And I thought, Oh, he's like so old. And he's like, Oh, what, what number of career is this? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, what career are you on? I'm like my only one. And he's like, Oh yeah, you'll have more in your life. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Okay. From a, from a senior uh, person of 35, right? right? Yeah. So you have three little kids that you have to feed and clothe and play games. Right. Yeah. And yeah, they have to eat and stuff, you know, (laughs) they do. And do you remember feeling like now I don't want to project my own feelings, but I guess I'm going to, that you wanted to shoot yourself. I mean, to me, like that was not my favorite. I mean, I love my boys to death, but I could not be home with them. It was like very, no, I can't go goo goo. Yeah. So I don't know. How was that for you with three? The baby, the baby stage was not my favorite. I enjoyed toddler stage a bit more. Um, yeah, it was, it was a really difficult time of my life to go through that and realize how I want so much control and I want so much comfort and I want mm-hmm. my own time and to wrestle with all of that. That was sure. really difficult. I bet. And, and at that stage, the, the big turning point for me happened right here where I read a book about decluttering and it was like a switch had flipped. Like I have permission to not keep everything in my house because I didn't grow up that way. My parents kept everything. Uh, And so I went down to my basement and I started decluttering and it was full of boxes. It was like the storage unit of the house. It was, there was a pathway through it. Yep. I I, I don't have that particular basement right now, but when I raised my children, that basement was my basement. So I understand I wouldn't throw away any of their, everything they Mm -hmm. drew. And I mean, ultimately I did, but no, yes, and the clothes and the toys and the yep. cribs. Oh my gosh, they're just like junk collectors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so as I was going through this stuff, I had a very emotional experience that all I let all of this build up. Okay. I let all of this build up. I just thought I needed it. I thought it was necessary. I've just been holding on to it. And I don't know why. And I don't know what it's for. And I'm doing this in my life. I'm just letting ah. things go on cruise control. I've and I was hit with the word complacency. Like I'm being so complacent right now. Mm -hmm. So you did like a parallel to the stuff that you were keeping to what else was going on internally. Yes. Yes. So go ahead. So you came up with the word complacent and you said to yourself, I don't know that I want to be complacent anymore. It sounds like. Yeah. And around this time I started learning about the Enneagram, which is like a self-discovery tool. It's, it's a big thing now, but seven years ago, it was Mm -hmm. this weird thing you did. Mm -hmm. And that gave me some, yeah, it gave me some language around, um, kind of what my motives were 
and what I, what my habits were, which complacency was definitely a habit. Mm -hmm. And it also gave me some language around my strengths, which I never took a chance to acknowledge that I did have some strengths that I could universally bring into my life, into all situations, specifically connecting and peacemaking that I'm the peacemaker on the Enneagram. And it just kind of opened up my eyes that that's, that's been my motive for so many years and everything I've done, whether it's a job I didn't like or a job I thought I wanted to have or how I was raising my kids, I was really looking for just like making peace. And well, you're, it sounds like you're a pleaser, you know, that, that, that you wanted mm, yes, to, some degree, yes. to some degree. Can you explain to the listeners what a, an, 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 an I can never pronounce it right. The anagram yeah. or whatever. It's not really an anagram, but what you just said, can right. you explain a little bit what yeah. that is? I mean, in case anybody wants to Google it or look it up or yeah. So it's Enneagram and it starts with an E if you're going to type that into Google. So the Enneagram, it positions people into nine different types and it doesn't look at what type you are like outgoing or whatever. It looks at your inner motives and what you're motivated by. Mm -hmm. So you might be motivated by a need for, um, comfort and connection, and you're going to avoid conflict. You might be motivated by a need to help people and bring value into situations. Mm -hmm. You might be motivated by, um, being very individual and being unique. So we all have different motivations. And when you find your type, you feel like, Oh, I'm, I'm being laid bare. Like it's showing me all of my weaknesses and all of my stress habits. Right. So it's also it's good not, things. It's, yeah. So it's not like a judgmental thing. So if one person oh. wants to connect and another person needs more quiet time, it's really just informational to figure out yeah. how you can be your best you. Right. Yeah. And it okay, gives you tool. so much awareness, right? Because yeah. once I saw that I have this habit of complacency, mm -hmm. I could see it everywhere in my parenting, in my marriage, in my health, <laughs> all of these areas that yeah. I was very complacent on. So can you give us like an example when you, as you started looking at this, not so much the decluttering part, but like the complacency in like life, like do you have anything that pops in your head back like seven, eight years ago that struck you? Mm, yeah, probably really my health. I mean, I oh. had three kids mm -hmm. and I was just, you know, cruising along, eating waffles all the time, like <laughs> not taking care of my body, not, um, listening to my body. If I needed sleep, if I needed to move, I think complacency really showed up there and I was feeling the effects of it. I was getting lots of headaches and, and, you know, after you have baby and you have aches everywhere, really. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and you're chasing three little kids, of course, and your yeah. body changes as a woman for, you know, that's just how it is. Yeah. yeah. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then I could just kind of look back and notice like, yeah, this, maybe the trajectory I had built my whole life up on and coming to the place where now I've lost that identity. I've lost, you know, that career. I've lost myself almost. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe I can start fresh. Maybe mm -hmm. I can get to know what's in there. So, you know, listeners that I love this because for most people, it's not a smooth sit excuse me, it's not like smooth sailing, like, oh, this is my, now for some it is, like for some, like they know, okay, I want to be a, whatever, a doctor, a lawyer, a therapist, whatever, they know right away, I did not. So I love when someone sort of starts to examine it and go, yeah, I might need to switch it up here because that's what my inner voice, my inner self is saying. And then it sounds like you listened. So, so let's see, so you felt like you were complacent, you saw it in your health in particular, and then kind of what, what did you do? Well, I thought I need to do the opposite of everything I want to do. <laughs> okay. So you went and I said, I'm going to go opposite. Okay. Yeah. So I gave myself the word of 
action, kind of like a theme word. You know, people pick a theme word for the year. I gave myself the word of action. So I'm going to take action. If I want to be sitting on the couch and staying in my house with the kids, I'm going to get up and do something. If I want to, you know, just like check out of a conversation that I have to have with my husband, I'm going to do it. If I want to, you know, not move my body today, I'm going to move my body. I'm going to take action. I'm going to declutter. I, I, really embrace this idea of living my life on purpose. And this is kind of where my blog and my podcast are centered on. It's called simple on purpose, where you simplify all of the distractions and you show up on purpose, show up in your daily life on purpose. And that's really what I'm passionate about. I don't think purpose has to be like you say, some people know what they want to do when they grow up. I want to be a teacher. That's my calling. That's my purpose. And I think that hinges a lot of pressure on the outcome when to be purpose is about the process. It's about who Uh, you are. Yeah. All along a hundred percent. And I'm so glad you said that because I've said that many, many times that some people are thinking like, well, if I follow my passion, then I have Mm -hmm. to go and get my PhD and I have to No, no, just honor. If you can just for today say, because there's two parts. Like, so when you say my head says, I just want to, this is at least my interpretation. So we all have our brain and our thoughts that are talking to us all the time. So like, if my brain says, um, Oh, I really want to take a nap. There are some times where, you know what, maybe taking a nap is okay. Mm-hmm. There are other times it might be like, really, what is it that I'm avoiding? So I think we have to be right. aware that and watchful of mm-hmm. what would be, what would give me the most sense of inner peace and love at this moment so that mm-hmm. you don't ignore your thoughts. Um, I like that you're saying that you were aware that you were doing things that were, it sounds like opposite of what was to your highest good. So you probably needed to do some opposite stuff initially. So how long did you do that for? Like you, and were you able to do it? Cause that's really, really hard. Cause we all get stuck in our pattern. <laughs> oh so, yeah. So if like, for example, if you always ate waffles and now you said, well, I think I'm going to have some oatmeal and some strawberries and right, you know, right. that's what I'm going to have, even if you don't like it. I mean, I don't yeah. know if that's where you started or like, how did yeah. you No, it was all those little daily decisions uh-huh. and And many people, I called it life on purpose. Many people call it intentional living. And it turns out it's hard to do and it doesn't feel great sometimes. At the beginning, especially. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, at the beginning. To start to rewire and show up in a brand new way and and get rewards in a new way instead Mm -hmm. of the old ways that you're used to. All all your favorite distractions (laughs) Mm -hmm. aren't available to you anymore. And um, along this time, I had also just been writing, like writing on a blog and sharing that. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, I'm probably not going to go back and be a health inspector. I'm just going to start pushing this and see where it goes and, Mm -hmm. and just push that a little bit. And that turns into one thing after another. I think Mm -hmm. it really became a matter of me taking the next step in the next, whatever seemed interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try that now. I'm going to try that now. And some of it was a flop and it didn't work out, but it just led me to that next, like it's a necessary step, even if it doesn't feel like it's a success. You know what I mean? Again, I totally know what you mean. That's why I've said many times, like, I too have written a, a, a you know, I've written a couple of books, but yeah, you know how many times I got, I heard no and, and yeah. no and no and no. So that was very annoying and upsetting and yeah. like, Ugh, do I want to do this? And, but if you on the inside think, yeah, I think I do, I might have to go a different path or a different route so that we don't necessarily expect just exactly what you're saying that everything, if we do make a change or a shift, it doesn't mean like, oh, this is so fantastic. And it's right away. 
right, right away. Right. And, and some things may not feel fantastic at all. And then we say, you know what, this is just not working. Let me move. It's like kind of trusting that the, mm-hmm. you know, the future is unwritten and we can kind of rewrite it as we go along. This, mm-hmm. you know, part of being human. Yeah. 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 And it, and kind of what we were saying, it takes the pressure off the outcome. If I had my sight set on being a writer or being a photographer or teaching social media, like if Mm -hmm. I had my sight set on that, then of course I'm going to feel like a failure. But if I allow myself to bring in my personal strengths and my personal values, I'm really big on personal values, Mm -hmm. guiding everyday decisions. That's Mm -hmm. where I find my purpose in living out my personal values. Mm -hmm. And so if I can keep doing that, then it's just exciting. Then it's just fun. Then Mm -hmm. it's just another invitation to learn more and try something new. And from the outside looking in, it might not always look like success. You know, there might be people who are like, Oh, I thought you were going to do this thing. And now you're doing this thing. And, and actually right now I'm going to school to become a registered counselor. So I'll be able to write my certification in September. And I think, you know, this whole process, it took 20 years later, I'm doing it, but it couldn't have happened any other way. You know, I love that. So you started off back when you were 18 or whatever. I think Mm. I want to do something in psychology, started doing the coursework and went, no, went, no. And now it's 20 years later and you're doing whatever you're doing. You're going to get, I love that. I just love that. So during this last seven years though, as you've been trying to listen to your own guiding system and your values and, and like, what kinds of things have you, it sounds like your eating has gone to more healthy way. Mm -hmm. So kudos to you. What else do you feel you've done that was a little tricky, but you're happy that you've done it. And well, definitely the obvious thing was decluttering the house, yes. <laughs> decluttering, kind of getting, shedding all of that physical barrier, those, that physical junk, it felt mm-hmm. very cathartic. And it's also a really great process at learning about yourself because mm-hmm. you're making decisions constantly on what you want to keep. And so you're saying, who am I right now? Who do I want to be today? Instead of who was I, or who do I hope to be mm-hmm. like kind of holding stuff for ideal self, you know, mm-hmm. so it, it's really going through that process and making those decisions. And for me, I kind of needed to, to do that, to kind of address the home that I grew up in was very cluttered. It Mm. it felt, it felt like, um, like there wasn't much space for me to, mm-hmm. to be or do and, and just the, the things that I craved. And so for me, this is a way of making that <laughs> sounds so lame, but making that home that I always craved. It doesn't <laughs> really, sound lame that, at all. I think it sounds yeah. beautiful. First of all, for those, I mean, I would not consider myself like a pack rat, you know, whatever, but I do, I do like, like clothes. And even though yeah. I, 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 I do go through my closet every year and give at least two bags away. Cause I just feel mm-hmm. that charitable and whatever. I, I always feel after I'm done with the two bags, I could start again and do another two bags. And I was, I think we were chatting for a second before we started. And I was saying that I'm the worst packer ever. And that I don't know why I seem to need to have, you know, like <laughs> if I'm going for a week, do I really need like 10 tops and 10? I really don't. Right, but, right. And, and then when I get there and I, I, I and I was saying, I traveled the world over this last 20 years, and you'd think I would have a learning curve, but there is something <laughs> I, I'll have to maybe at a later date, I'll delve into that. But I can't believe I'm the only yeah. person that knows on the inside. This makes no sense. I don't need this much clothes. I'm just on my vacation right now. I don't need this right. much clothes. I'm blessed in general, but right. let's just go with vacation, just packing. My only rule is I'm only allowed to bring one suitcase, but you know, I feel like, Hey, if one more thing fits in, I think I'll just take it. Then I get there and I go, 
what did I need all this stuff for? So I'm sure, you know, when you think about just, I'm going to use that, I'll use my own personal example. Like Mm -hmm. if someone were calling you or you were talking about this in your blog, like what would you, you know, what, what would you offer? Not just to me, but anyone else who's listening who might have this problem, either with clothes, any kind of hoarding clothes, packing, whatever. What's, what's your assessment? Yeah, and that particular question is like the very specific, what if I need it? What if I need it one day? What if I need it on the trip? And to me, that question always comes down to a sense of security. What you're looking for is a sense of security and you're putting that in things. Mm -hmm. So if I have enough shirts, I'll be able to have all the options so that I can present myself in a way that I want to present myself at whatever is going to come up. So it really is a little bit of um, taking off the training wheels a bit and putting a little bit of risk in your life. So mm-hmm. it, it sounds maybe it sounds really simple that it is a risk to pack less in a way. Like it feels like a risk, right? What if I need it? That exactly. feels very real. Why exactly. does that feel so threatening? Why would it feel so threatening that we don't have enough pants, you know, because of, because there's something under there, right? There's something right. that feels threatening in, in what we're going to be able to present to the world probably right. when it comes to clothes, right? right? I can't present myself in a way that is or going to be for, needed. For me, one of my things is what if I'm cold or what if I'm hot or what if, yes. what, what if I'm in any way, shape or form physically uncomfortable? Yeah. And first of all, let me just say this. So I brought all this stuff over the years and guess what? There are times I didn't bring the right coat or whatever <laughs> and I survived. That's the thing you need yeah. to remind yourself of. And really, let's say you're in your kitchen and you're like, what if I need this pasta maker one day? Well, then you'll figure it out because you are so smart exactly. and, you're resilient and you're resourceful. Yeah. And one day you decide to become a pasta chef. <laughs> you can buy a pasta maker in but, the meantime, borrow it from a friend. <laughs> exactly. So, so I think it's funny because I being a psychologist, a therapist myself for 40 years and this issue about clothes and, and whatever has come up, mm-hmm. not just clothes, but clutter and whatnot has come up many right. times yeah. in, in my office. And I find it fascinating. So like, for example, I wouldn't have a problem throwing away a pasta maker or whatever. Do you know what I'm saying? Like there's yeah. certain things yeah. like no problem. If I need it, I'll buy it. Not a problem. Um, and other people have like, Oh no, I could never give up my favorite pasta maker. That's 50 years old that I don't need mm-hmm. anymore. And I'm blessed that if I need a new one, there are $35, I can buy a new one. So, mm-hmm. but you're saying that all of that stems from some kind of insecurity. Like I'm not going to either in my case, it literally feels like I'm not going to be comfortable physically. Mm-hmm. I'm either going right. to be cold or hot right. or whatever. I'm not going to be comfortable. Plus, yes, of course I want to look however I want to look as well, but right. Right. Yeah. But for like yeah. stuff in the house, like I, again, I yeah. don't really keep a lot. Of, I mean, I, whatever, that's not as big of an issue, but for people who are listening that goes, no, I can't, I can't throw away a, a broken spoon or a whatever. Mm-hmm. What, right. Yeah. There's lots the of different, there? there's yeah. lots of different things that go on. Like I've spent money on it. So kind of like sunken costs, like the money's already ah. spent, but really mm-hmm. the value's already been had, you know, you've used a spoon. It's been part of your life. You can let it go. But I think it's a lot of, um, like scarcity mindset. If I don't have enough, what if there's not enough? What if I, I'm not enough. If I don't have enough, that kind Uh of thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it is really hard to let these things go to let them leave your house. They've been part of your identity, part of your landscape, part of your, um, reliance on things that that are going to make you comfortable. Like you say, we're really driven by comfort Mm -hmm. to a fault. But what if we short-term discomfort of giving up the spoon versus long-term comfort of having a decluttered cutlery drawer per se? 
Exactly. So first of all, I love that you knew that this was somewhere you wanted to go. I'm going to get back to your whole purpose in one second, but I, I just want to share this little, anecdote. well, it's not, a, it's like a sad anecdote. So um, several weeks ago, there was those huge, horrible fires in Colorado. And unfortunately my nephew and his wife and two kids uh, lost their home. Mm-hmm. So everything, they were lucky that they had their life. Mm-hmm. Everything was burnt down. So when, after that happened, I literally walked around my house and went, if God forbid something happened, what would I take with me? Because yeah. I did read Marie Kondo's book when it first came out, because I do feel I have this problem with the packing. Yeah. And, and, and she says, you know, put your sweater next to you and see if you love it. And I went, yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. I love everything. So this, so I, I wasn't sure that method was going to work for yeah. me. I, had, I, I really need some other, probably some kind of psychological help in this area. Mm-hmm. But anyways, but I really thought a lot about this. Um, and my nephew, I have to say, and, and his wife have handled this so beautifully in terms of putting things in perspective. I mean, everything, they've lost everything, clothes, yeah. their furniture, everything, their wedding stuff everything pictures. I mean, they are young, so there are a lot of their stuff is on digital, but just any, everything you could possibly think of that might have any meaning to you in terms of material stuff, all gone. And yeah. when I've spoken to them or texted, whatever, it's always like we're and the outpouring of love has been incredible, just incredible. Mm-hmm. And I thought what a valuable lesson to remind ourselves that it's just stuff. It, yeah. It's it's not what as important as what you're saying. I want to live my life where my values are and and in a place of love and minimalizing. I'm I'm guessing mm-hmm. is kind of yeah. what you're saying too because we don't need all this stuff. Right. So I just thought I would share that that that's kind of what I think I hear you saying. Yeah, and it is it is kind of a tragic situation. And I have had friends who've experienced that as well, but it does help us put things in perspective, right? Like when we have that contrast, we can walk around our home and really look at items and say, would I miss you if you were gone? Would I move you across the country, the continent? Would I, would I replace you if something happened? So it's, it's almost helps us put things in perspective, of course, without ever really knowing what that situation would be like. Yeah, we don't, but no, we don't. So I, I was saying this to my husband, I go, because he's a total, like, whatever. He's yeah. very casual with what he wears. He doesn't care at all. So I said to him, I, I need to maybe have some, you'll not probably disagree with this is like against what you're saying, but I thought I might need to have some big garbage bags up here. So if God forbid something happens, like just throw everything in. <laughs> and then I, you know, but whatever I did, yeah. I did not, I did not do that. Yeah. I'm trying to do much more <laughs> of being grateful for what I do have, et cetera. So mm-hmm. as you did this process and you decluttered and you changed and you went into more action, and now you've turned this into a little bit of a career or kind of what, what, what is, what are you doing besides, I mean, yeah. it sounds like you made some personal changes and then, and now, and now you're going back to school. So you're getting your degree or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So about four years ago, I was actually working at my church, just a part-time mm-hmm. and they asked me to train as a coach to coach leaders. So I went through that training okay. and ended up leaving the job at the church, but brought that into the work I was doing online. So women who wanted to declutter, who wanted to make these kind of big changes, who wanted to really pay attention to understanding who they are, what they value, what they want. A lot of us, mm-hmm. we just want to feel better. We want to feel yes. good. We want to like our house. We want it to feel peaceful, but we aren't really clear on what that means. Mm-hmm. So we're just kind of um, in this futile effort of chasing, feeling better, chasing our house, looking a certain way, but not really totally hundred percent clear. In, in getting and, then, more... and then, and so let's say you did, you got new counters and you went, Oh, that, I thought that was really going to make me happy. Now <laughs> I need a new sink. Now I need a new, you know, yes. it, it, it's like, is it ever enough? 
is it ever enough? Right. Cause we adapt to it. Don't we, we adapt to yes. what we have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and now we have to seek abundance and gratitude again. Right. And that's a whole big process that is a lot of work for our brains. When we just mm-hmm. think, Oh, that next thing will make me happy right. instead of looking for it right where it is inside, which we, right. you would say where would be that sense of happiness or inner peace. Yeah. And I call it, um, perfect moments. And I started this when my kids were a lot younger and it's really hard to, you know, you get mired down in all of the hardships of the day to day with the kids Mm -hmm. screaming and, you know, everything that you, your brain just filters out the good things. You stop seeing them. You stop seeing the special little things that are happening. Mm -hmm. So I started to make a like a really, really big effort to kind of take a mental picture of it. And I've started also writing it down. I keep this book in my kitchen. And when something happens, that just makes me pause and be like, Oh, that was kind of a perfect little moment. Oh, I, I just want to savor that. I want my motherhood to be a practice of weaving in. I call it hard and awesome in my house. That's what we call it as a family. Every day has hard and awesome. Mm-hmm. Every life has hard and awesome. So we talk every day at the dinner table. What was yep. hard? What was awesome? And if I never pay attention to the awesome, all I'm going to remember is the hard. So I yes. really want to make an effort to make my motherhood, my experience of being a mom. Awesome. Even when it's hard, you know, but isn't that true with life? I mean, so is, my kids yeah. aren't, my car, kids aren't little, little anymore, but I'm a senior, whatever. So, but that's life is filled with, I love hard and awesome. They call it mm-hmm. the Buddhist tradition, pain and suffering. It doesn't make any difference that that's just how life is. So it's, what do yeah. you do with that? And I yeah. too choose to embrace to the best of my ability, other than my stress of packing, cause I'm going away in a few weeks. So it's <laughs> very much on my mind right now um, to yeah. try not to overpack, which I don't know that I'll be that successful at, but whatever. Um, but really it's about love and, and mm-hmm. staying in the moment and being aware of like when your kid does something cute, not to overlook that, like, oh, that yeah. was just a really, like you said, I love that the perfect moment. Cause we all have those if we are awake. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Waking up. And that's what this whole experience was for me was waking up to my life mm-hmm. and deciding I want to be in the driver's seat. I want to try a new career. I want to try something on. I want to do this amongst motherhood and it's going to be hard and messy and feel like I'm failing. And and just seeking out um, every day in little ways, whether I think no matter what you do, if I lost, if I didn't get certified as a counselor, yeah. let's say, mm-hmm. could I not still be living my purpose? I believe yes. that that's the question that we need to kind of sit of with a little bit more, right? Yes. I can do it whether I'm at home, whether I'm yep. in a job I don't like, whether I'm yep. working at a bakery, I can always find who I want to be in that. And I think that's really giving ourselves permission to just have a little bit more fun with it and a little bit more patience with it even. And I also love what you said. I totally agree with everything you're saying, but I also love what you said is that you had like a wake up moment and it's been a process. And from, I don't, I'm just knowing you just now for this last, you know, 35 minutes, whatever, but I'm (laughs) guessing if you had another wake up call five years from now, you would be open to that because life changes. So again, who I am now is not who I was 10 years ago and 10 years before that. I mean, my basic personality is the same, but you grow and evolve and, and that's how it's supposed to be. So you have to be open. And so that's, just going back to what is purpose? What is passion? It doesn't have to be that you have to go to medical school. Not that that's not lovely, but it doesn't have to be something so big. And so, so, um, you know, whatever it's, it's to me, if you can, we can pare it down and simplify it to what did I feel today? That was a perfect moment. Mm -hmm. And if you can be in touch with that, because we all have more than one a day. 
if yeah, we're, we do, again, yeah. if, if we're open to it. So yeah. you've been doing this now for the last, whatever, seven, eight years. Mm-hmm. So you have a blog just to, in case the listeners yeah. want to find yeah, out more about a, you. The blog is simpleonpurpose.ca. Like I'm in Canada. Uh-huh. The podcast is called Simple on Purpose as well. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. is that, does, do you do it weekly, monthly? The podcast yeah, uh, mostly or, weekly. Oh, mostly weekly. Okay. <laughs> you know how you know how winter's been. We got yes. hit with a few things where I live. We had floods where I live, and oh, COVID shut down our schools. So yes, I, I took some time off, which was unusual for me. But yeah, it, it is a weekly situation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's wonderful. Okay. Good. Yeah. Well. So, any closing thoughts? Like, if if some if you were to if someone were to say, well, I don't know, that all sounds good, but I don't know that I can really do the kind of changes that Shauna has done. Any, any, like, I don't know, suggestions or. Yeah. When I felt like that, when I decided, oh, my, my life is going the opposite direction I want. I need to change everything yesterday. Mm-hmm. I wrote, and I had three kids. I'm like at home with these kids. How do I change my whole life when, mm-hmm. and bring them along? And I wrote on my chalkboard in my hallway, do one do one thing your future, do one thing today, your future self will thank you for. And for me, that was so simple. Like I ate a carrot or I drank extra water or I read a chapter of a book or I, you know, did something to clean up for tomorrow. So I started to just look at setting my future self up for more success and being really future minded instead of so reactive in the moment, Mm -hmm. I started looking for ways to be just a little bit more proactive and not overcomplicating it, not trying to make it this big life overhaul, but just simple little things each day. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. And this is the kind of stuff that you share. So there must be some part of you that felt like, I think I can share and give back. And is that that part of your Yeah, well, actually, the reason the whole reason why I even started sharing is I had an emergency C-section with my firstborn, my son, my older son, and it was a traumatic experience for me. And I was looking for another mom to be like, I've been there. That's hard because I felt so guilty that I was angry at the process, angry at my body. When I had this beautiful, healthy baby, I felt really ashamed that I was so upset about (laughs) my delivery when you got a baby from it. Who's fine. A healthy baby. Thank goodness. Yes. Yes. So I was kind of stewing in my emotions a lot. And the public health nurse who was helping us with our babies at the time, Mm -hmm. she said, why don't you write about it? So I wrote about it, opened up a blog spot or whatever it was called at the time and hit publish. And it was just, it just felt like I can make a community that Mm -hmm. is a voice for other moms who just want to say, you know, that was a hard time. And I don't think enough of us talk about, oh, motherhood's bliss. And I never knew love and it's the biggest joy of my life, but it's also not sometimes. (laughs) Believe me, if anyone's being honest, who's a mom, no. I mean, I get love my kids to death, but, and they're adults now, but no, it, it, motherhood is hard. It's just hard. And my daughter-in-law had a C-section also. And it, that hurts first of all. And you, you know, like you said, you expect your (laughs) body to, you know, work a certain way. And it, the the baby said no, and the body said no. And, but thankfully, you know, I, she also had a healthy baby, but it was scary there for a little bit because the heart rate went down and they had to do an emergency C-section. So I get it. Yeah. That sounds similar to me. So it's just being just, I just wanted to put it out there okay. as, and you know, as a way of connecting, because I learned about myself, I'm a connector constantly looking to mm-hmm. connect with others and, and to me really bring them a sense of peace right where they are. That's really what I've been craving mm-hmm. my whole life and what I aim to bring into things. 
Shauna, that is so beautiful. No, so that's fabulous. So you you figured this out. You had like a moment where you went, okay, this isn't going well. I think I have to make some changes. Mm-hmm. You have been on the process. You continue to, but you also wanted to share with others. So how great yeah. is that? So hopefully yeah. um, if anyone wants to, you know, um, reach out to you, just say your web thing one more time and yep. I'm going to do my quote. Yeah, go ahead. Sure, sure. It's simpleonpurpose.ca. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm going to listen. I think, no, it was a pleasure. Okay. So I always end every uh, podcast with a little quote. So um, here it is. Okay. The meaning of life is to find your gift. The purpose of life is to own it and then give it away, which is kind of what you do. Mm -hmm. That was by Pablo Picasso. I didn't know he was so... I know he's an artist, oh, yes. but whatever. <laughs> so but anyways, um, I don't know. When I read that and I knew you did a little bit, that I thought this is what, not just give it away in terms of what we love, but give away our stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. I'll yeah. have to put that under advisement in my own, yeah. uh, in my own <laughs> closet. But anyways, uh, yeah. really a pleasure. Thank you yeah, so much. Thank you so much. Thank okay. you. I had a lot of fun. Oh, this was great. And it was great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So that's it for today. This is Janice Alpert, hoping that you're living your life with purpose and on purpose. Until um, next time. Bye-bye. 